0: Excited to get into this conversation with our next guest, who is an investigative journalist and an absolutely incredible one at that has written an article for the Globe and Mail titled Justin Trudeau is trying to break the Internet and not in the viral sense. So we're going to dive into what he means. Justin Ling is joining the show. Justin, thanks so much for making the time. Always good to talk to you.
1: Hey, good afternoon.
0: I know we went back and forth, uh, you and my producer, on what time we were going to talk to you today, and you were very accommodating, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so not course. only are you a great investigative journalist, but you're also a, a stand-up guy, so just want to put that out there before we get into this conversation. <laughs> so now,
1: happy anytime.
0: In, in this article, you go through a few different reasons on why you think yeah. that Justin Trudeau is going to be the next one to break the internet. Let's just clarify what exactly you mean by that, breaking the internet.
1: Yeah. So so, so, so fundamentally, you know, what is the internet, right? What is the World Wide Web? It, 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 at its very core, it was supposed to be this big, chaotic, messy, supernatural, neutral thing, right? The whole idea of the internet is that governments might use it. They might have particular rules on what you do on it, but they're not going to try and regulate it, right? This is the, the core idea behind net neutrality. Not only would they not regulate it, they're going to make sure that companies don't have too much control over the infrastructure. We want an internet that is sort of open because that's what makes it so sort of liberalizing and incredible and full of information and free of of despotic regimes. And this is why Mm -hmm. countries like China and Russia try so hard to clamp down and cut off their citizens from the rest of the internet because it's so dangerous to them, right? So, So that's the core of what the internet's all about. Over the last couple of years, Governments have been really worried about actual problems on the internet, right? Foreign interference, radicalization, extremism, hate speech, you name it. And they've been trying to figure out how can we go about that. They've also been trying to beef up users' privacy, deal with this kind of scourge of social media companies who have been weaponizing their platforms to make people angry and crazy and hurt our democracies. So they've been trying to figure out how to do that. Some countries have come up with some pretty ham-fisted strategies. Some have come up with some more light-touch ideas. The Trudeau government has largely sat out this conversation for a long time. Until now, they have finally uh, begun the process. They've they've already passed one bill. They have another bill before the House of Commons, and a third bill on the way. And between the three of them, it will fundamentally change our relationship with the internet, and it's going to remove some of that neutrality that is really baked into the core philosophy of what the internet is.
0: Yeah, or should be. And some people might be familiar with thinking, okay, I think you know maybe you're probably talking a little. A bit about BC 11 I want to dive into each one that you're talking yeah. about but let's start there let's talk with B, about BC 11 and the problems that you see with that
1: yeah, Bill C-11 is a piece of legislation called the Online Streaming Act. The idea is that it would empower the Canadian uh, Radio Telecommunications Commission, the CRTC, uh, to go and, and, and sort of require that major platforms, Spotify, YouTube, Google, Facebook, uh, promote more Canadian content and invest in, in some of the content on those platforms. Netflix, obviously, a core target as well. Um, and, and there's some good, you know, rationale behind this right uh, the CRTC has this can con mandate they're the ones who make sure that uh, there's Canadian news on the radio and that there's Canadian films on TV um, but but you know, what the criticism of this bill has been is that you know there's no way to sort of enforce that on the internet where a lot of these platforms are not necessarily producing the content um, and, and, and there's a real concern there that, that, that meddling in with what YouTube serves to its users, really threatens that sort of neutrality that exists Mm. on the Internet and and risks sort of putting this heavy-handed regulatory regime on top of smaller platforms that are trying to get bigger and potentially on top of Canadian creators themselves. There was an attempt to fix this bill, to make it clearer, to make it a little more uh, concise, to make it a little more directed, but those amendments were killed after the Senate introduced them. So we have a piece of legislation that has certainly got support from the cultural industry in this country, but has been decried by organizations that actually understand how the internet works uh, and basically it's been it's been you know condemned as a, as a wildly expansive piece of legislation that could have some real unintended consequences.
0: Yeah, I mean there's no guarantee that being exposed to more Canadian content is going to make you enjoy that or even want to consume it and so there's a lot of concerns about you know whether this means censorship or uh, you know or governmental control over the internet and a lot of big uh, concern over that one. That's not the only one though, Justin. There's also C18, so let's dive into Mm -hmm. what that one's all about.
1: Yeah, this is the Online News Act. It basically tries to mimic uh, what other countries, including Germany and Australia, have done. It tries to get platforms to compensate Canadian news outlets for the frequency in which their uh, news content shows up on that platform. So, um, you know, if the Globe and Mail hypothetically gets, you know, a million shares uh, on Facebook in a month, and then Facebook ought to compensate the Globe and Mail X amount of dollars for, for how many times it got shared. And the idea is a CRTC, again, would come in and be the body to make sure that those agreements get put into place. The bill requires that these big platforms sign these these, these agreements with these news outlets. Now, Google and Facebook and some others have, have gotten incredibly defensive and this is never going to work, and actually have threatened to pull out uh, their news programming from Canada altogether because of this. Others have, have basically slammed this as, as fundamentally misunderstanding how these platforms work. Um, there is a belief, including uh, through a report from the Auditor General, that this will not actually raise that much money. We're talking about maybe $300 $300 million a year, but that'll be split between a number of outlets. So it looks like big platforms like CTV and Global uh, will get a a, a modest amount of money, and smaller platforms will get chump change. But all that aside, what's really kind of worrying about this bill is that it it amounts to a tax on news. Right? Right. the, The more news you have on your platform, the the more you have to pay to those publishers you know in the same way we we tax CO2 and we tax uh, cigarettes because we want to discourage people from from using those things or producing those things um, uh, more uh, raising the cost of news on these platforms could actually disincentivize platforms like Google and Facebook and others from showing Canadians news it may start prioritizing more entertainment content more foreign news uh, and maybe more dumb cat videos and there's a real concern that this could actually hurt the shareability of Canadian news content,
0: or the concern that, you know, news becomes more sensationalized to get more views and therefore get sure, more money. Absolutely. there's so many concerns here. Mm-hmm. you know it feels like trying sort of ignoring the way that we collect our news and gather our news and just tr- sort of trying to go back to this old form that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how it's phrased by a group called Open Media, who um, are really, really uh, solid advocates for the open internet, uh, and, and you know who are who are pretty progressive um, and, and a little bit libertarian in their outlook for the internet. And they basically said that this goes back to the old centralization of media and, and information, and it's something we should resist because it's baking in the very systems um, that we we, re- we need to deconstruct and rebuild. Um, so it, it really tries to turn the clock back on the internet in a way that is just not going to work.
0: Okay, I want to keep going with this conversation, Justin, but we have to take a very short break. So I promise we're going to come right back into it. Your perspective is so great. Uh, We'll be back in about three minutes talking about how Justin Trudeau is trying to break the internet and not in the viral sense. What do we need to be concerned about with this federal government and our internet and the way that it might look soon? Uh, Justin Ling is an investigative journalist. We'll be right back with him in three minutes. Talking with investigative journalist Justin Ling. Justin, thanks so much for sticking around on hold. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. So does this federal government even really understand our modern internet. We've been talking about a few different, a couple bills uh, that are that are very controversial and uh, have a ton of criticism around them. Bill C 11 and Bill C 18, um, and then in another effort to crack down on online harms, essentially uh, another move that this government made would would make certain content inaccessible to Canadians, which kind of goes back to what we were just talking about about really policing the internet, which is also problematic, right?
1: Yeah. So, so I should say, we, we don't know what this bill looks like yet, right? So the, the, the government has started these consultations on a hypothetical online harms bill more than a year ago now. Um, and, and the whole process has been a mess. They held these consultations. Um, they kept all of the submissions from experts in the public secret. And then they went out and claimed that there was a huge broad base of support for their plans to do takedown notices for content that, 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 that is illegal or, or harmful or hateful or whatever, or misinformation, uh, and they claimed they had the support for this kind of sweeping piece of legislation, only for it to come out that almost all of the submissions were actually against their ideas. So they, they withdrew this, they kind of restarted the consultation, they had an expert committee, they held this town hall. There's been a whole process, and it's all been leading up to this bill, which we expect will come later this year. Now, we don't really know where they're going to go with it. There's sort of a couple of options on the table. Um, there's a version of this that, that, that can probably we can all probably live with that's probably pretty good. We don't think they're going to go there. There's a version of this that's incredibly ham-fisted that would basically have the government create a, reg, create a regulator that would go around telling social media companies to take down content that kind of breaks the rules. That might not be illegal. That might just use a racial slur, hypothetically, or be misinformation uh, or be uh, unpleasant or whatever. Right. So. so so that is this really ham-fisted model. We think they're going to go somewhere in between the two. And from the leaks we've got thus far, there's some curious bits in there. Um, there's. A proposal that is almost hilariously unworkable—that would have the government require every single porn company on the internet, ostensibly, have to check the ID of users before they access the smut. Just you know, that was the Global Mail's reporting from Marie wolf uh, from a couple of weeks ago. If the government goes that way, it's going to just be an, a hilarious disaster. In that story, there was also sources telling her that the government planned uh, on some kind of mechanism to sort of distance incentivize or potentially to take down or, or, or to, to, to to distance, it, who knows how, uh, racial slurs on the internet, which again, no one wants to see racial slurs on the internet, but also no one wants the government getting into that level of minutiae, of yeah. moderating. So Does, we don't know where this is going to go, but it doesn't look real good.
0: Or, or realistic at all. I, no. I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, do you think that the government has any sort of role to play in, in our internet usage or keeping us safe, Is or is yes. it just a really fine balance?
1: No, no, absolutely. Listen, you know, all of the things the government has identified, um, you know, the promotion of Canadian content, uh, fair compensation for the Canadian news media, uh, uh, fighting back against online harms, misinformation, foreign election interference, all of these things are logical goals we can do something about. But if the government tries to break that neutrality of the Internet and insert itself between um, individuals acro- around the world or individuals in businesses or individuals in their friend groups or whatever, it's going to be a mess. And it's going to drive people crazy. You know, People are already so furious at the idea that Twitter or Facebook or TikTok is moderating and managing and maybe micromanaging and censoring what they get to see, say, or hear. Imagine how bad that's going to get when the government gets involved. It's going to get really, really heated really, really quickly. Now, there's other ways to do this, right? The government can come in and mandate things like algorithmic transparency, require that Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and everybody else show us how they recommend content to us. Show us the, the actual math that goes behind why a post goes viral because we know, actually, thanks to some whistleblowers, that Facebook prioritizes content that makes people angry. You know, that is a thing that we need to better understand and the government can help us get there. The government can also help us and help police go after actual illegal content. Um, it can push police into better investigating online harassment and threats that are death threats that are already illegal, that we have a really hard time investigating right now. They can do better to hold platforms liable for not doing enough to take down child pornography. There are things we can do here um, that that kind of uh, actually fit better into where the government is already at least somewhat effective. We don't need to create this whole new relationship that inserts the government in in this really sort of direct way into the internet, I think that has to worry us. And just kind of the last point here, you know, the more we um, create these relationships with these big companies like Facebook and Twitter and Google, the more we entrench their status as central to the internet. But that's not how the internet works, right? There was a time when we were all on Friendster and MySpace and using ICQ, and now all those platforms are basically dead. There is a creative destruction behind the internet that needs to happen. And I hope that the next iteration of the internet will be more privacy-focused, will be less toxic, will be more conducive to rational debate, and I think there's a good reason to think we're going we're to get there. If the government effectively entrenches Facebook and Twitter and Google as the infrastructure of the Internet, then it's, it's cemented them long term as those tools we must or should or need to use. And I think it's a real mistake because there's so much wrong with the platforms we're on right now. And there's a real need to find something substantially better.
0: Yeah. And and give some of these powers that be uh, just so much power and moves like these seem Mm -hmm. like virtue signaling and halfway measures that just really don't do any good. Absolutely. Justin, thank you so much for your great work and for your time. I can't thank you enough.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Justin Ling is an investigative journalist talking about Justin Trudeau and the federal government's moves to try to protect us from the Internet. Uh, you can read his article on the globalMail.com. It's called Justin Trudeau is trying to break the Internet and not in the viral sense.